May we merit to say this is Vav Ve Vav Be Manachem Av, the sixth of Manachem Av. May Hakadosh Baruchu send Manachem speedily and soon. May it be so, King Yehiratzon. Hakadosh Baruchu, we ask that you will overturn these days of mourning into days of the greatest joy, and may you reveal the Beit Hamikdash speedily in our days. Today we are focusing on the letter Dalit. So starting off with the wisdom in the Hebrew alphabet, we have the mother of Rabbi Tankum felt the relationship between the Gomel and Dal so intensely that when she went to the market, she bought all her food in double portions, one for her household and one for the poor. Kohelet Rabbah. God created rich and poor alike. As King Shlomo said, God has made the one as well as the other. Kohelet 7.14 Which is Ecclesiastes 7.14 The Almighty created all men alike, poor and rich, so that they might benefit from one another. Yalkut Eliezer Selah because the Almighty creates the rich and He creates the poor and they're supposed to benefit from each other. And by the way, this is the relationship between Gimel and Dalit. The Gimel is the Gomel, the Redeemer, the one who does acts of kindness. The Dalit is the Dal, the poor one who receives from Gimel. So Gimel chases Dalit and does so for the sake of being charitable. So when we think about people who lack in the world, it's because there's an imbalance and there's not an understanding of why are we rich. And not that the poor people need to be seeking handouts, but we read throughout the Parashot in the Torah that there are certain mitzvot that we do for those who are poor. We leave the, the gleanings of the field, we leave the corners of the field there so that they can come glean from those parts of our, our field on the third and the sixth year of the seven-year cycles. We take up a second tithe and we give that to the poor as well as the widow and the orphan. And not to mention when any Yom Tov happens, you are to make sure that if anyone is lacking, that you are aware of, you're actually supposed to ensure that they have provision for what they need to properly celebrate the Yom Tov. So this is the teaching of the letter Dalit. And Yalkut Eliezer brings down an amazing point that we're supposed to benefit from each other. And I chose this to read because I was thinking rich and poor in Torah knowledge, rich and poor in um, covenant, rich and poor in status, relationships, that, you know, 
we benefit equally because when we understand what we have and we have the ability to share with others then that is what we're supposed to do and if we realize we lack you know we're supposed to seek out our community seek out our friends seek out our leaders you know and things like that and it's nothing to be ashamed of on either side and I just think that's amazing that that's a part of us building the temple and again to reiterate that the vision of the temple is us you know how are we treating each other how are we building up one another you know the temple was torn down because we tore each other down and the temple hasn't been built yet because we haven't built each other up yet so can you hear our tone that we do so continuing on it says by interacting with deprived people and by caring for the poor not only or by caring for the poor one not only extends help to others but mundane man rises to spiritual spheres and elevates himself to godliness and holiness so interacting with deprived people and caring for the poor one not only extends help but they cause man or mundane man to rise spiritual spheres elevations into godliness and holiness so again sometimes you may feel like you know if you're the poor person we may feel like i can't believe i can't accept this i don't want to do this Da, 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 da. Well, not only will you receive the benefit from it, but because you're allowing someone to give to you, you're going to benefit the other person by giving them spiritual elevation, drawing them closer to Hashem and drawing them higher in holiness. Such is the kingdom of Hashem for that to be the case. It goes on to say the elevation resulting from acts of kindness is expressed in the description of Abraham's Gimelut Chesed, acts of kindness, in extending personal hospitality to the three angels in human guise. First scripture states, and behold, three men were standing over him, Bereshit 18.2, because he was a mortal while they were angels, they stood over him. But after he welcomed them and cared for his visitors, Abraham rose to such spiritual heights that the Torah says he stood over them. Yalkut Eliezer 18.8 says the benefactor is granted spiritual rewards and abundance. The Torah says when you lend money to any of my people that is poor with you, Shemot 22 verse 24 says the poor man exists alongside of you which is with you so that you can be benevolent to each other you to him in this world and he to you in the world to come where you will be rewarded for having helped him as Mishnah Pe'ah 1-1 teaches these are the deeds whose fruits a man enjoys in this world while the principle is preserved for him in the olam haba, i.e., even though he is rewarded in this world, 
He is further rewarded in the world to come. Gimelut chesed, hospitality, visiting the sick, dowering the bride, burying the dead. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu help us to embody what we have learned from the letter Dalit. Letters of Light brings down that the gematria of Dalit is four. It represents the four matriarchs, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. It also represents the four created worlds as explained in Kabbalah. Adzilut, Berea, Yetzira, and Asiya. In addition, Dalit signifies the four basic elements of creation. Fire, which is energy. Air, which is gas. Water, which is liquid. And earth, which is solid. Four also represents the holiday of Pesach, the four cups of wine, the four children, and the four questions. What is the reason we drink four cups of wine on Pesach? There are four expressions of redemption in the Torah. Side note, I'd like to add that there are four corners of the man's garment where we place the zitzit. And the zitzit is per corner. So when you do the gematria of zitzit to be 613, you take the word zitzit itself plus the five um, knots and the eight strings and you get 613. So as you turn to your right in the front, as you turn to your left in the front, or as you turn to your back in the front, or, or sleek as you turn to your back on the right and your back on the left, you are looking at 613 in each direction. So that is corresponds to Midrash Shir Hashirin that says the Ten Commandments were on all four sides of the tablets. So we, wearing zitzit, men, we are basically walking tablets. So, four expressions of redemption. Just like we have four different zitzit, or four zitzit on our garments. Okay, so it says, when God took the Jewish people out of Egypt, he said, what did he say? I will take you out. Number one, I will save you. Notice who saves us. It's Hakadosh Baruch Hu who saves us. Made a point as I was talking to Mazel Shlita, our Hazira Avenger, and I was saying, you know, Yeshua never told us to go out and save people he said go out and make disciples why because HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself is the one who does the saving but how can people believe if they have not heard you know so that was from Shaul Hashliach from the Agarit to the Romans in chapter 10 so it says I will redeem you and finally, I will take you to me as a nation. The first three expressions involve the intervention of God himself and taking the Jewish people out of Egypt. The Jews themselves remained passive. Remained passive. So when God takes us out and when he saves us and when he redeems us, we are passive in those matters. Selah, it says, but the fourth, to become God's nation, required both personal 
and communal action on the parts of the Jewish people. So when you really look at the rubber meeting the road as we are brought into covenant with Hakadosh Baruchu, we are obligated to take action personally and communally to become the nation of Hashem. Where do we see this? We see this in the passage from Shemot 19, also echoed in first letter of Kepha, where it says, You are to be unto me a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a Malkut Koanim, Am Segula, a treasure people. And where does that status come from? It comes from none other than attaching ourselves to the mitzvot of the Torah. So if we hearken to the commandments of Hashem, if we Shema Yisrael, that is the action that we're called to take. It's not, it's beyond salvation. It's beyond being taken out of exile. It's beyond being redeemed even. The proof of the previous three stages of redemption is shown in what action do you personally and communally take? Do you take your place in God's nation by upholding the Torah? Or do you just allow yourself to be saved and redeemed and set free and not do anything? Because there are four expressions of redemption. So here's the deal. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought us out of Mitzrayim, the turning point was what happened at Mount Sinai. You know, one who does not grab a hold of the Torah, basically, at worst, or at best, turns around and heads back to Egypt, at worst, stays in the wilderness outside the clouds of glory and perishes by the desolation that exists apart from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Chas shalom to anyone refuses to become a part of the nation, but Bezrat Hashem, we all grab a hold of his Torah. We all take action personally and communally as a part of the Jewish people. It goes on to say, what does it mean to become God's nation? And how do we prepare ourselves by purifying ourselves. That's how. Zohar Chadash, beginning of Yitro, also Zoror Hamor, Parsha Bo 1240, tells us that at the time of the Exodus, the Jewish people were at the 49th level of impurity. Had they remained in Egypt one more moment, they would have fallen to the 50th and lowest level and been lost forever. It wasn't because of their merits, their goodness, or their kindness that they deserved to be redeemed. Rather, it was due to God's benevolence. Back to the rich and the poor benefit alike from the wisdom in the Hebrew alphabet. It says, God's benevolence. I will take you out. I will save you. I will redeem you. But now... Or Slika, but how did God ultimately redeem the Jewish people? 
by making them his nation and by giving them his Torah. The ultimate proof that you have been redeemed, saved, and set free is that you have become a part of the Jewish nation and that you have received the Torah. That has been oh so contrary over the past 2,000 years when it comes to who is a true believer. That's got to change, and it ends now. It says, This fourth term of redemption did not occur until Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah. Matan is the root of Matana, which is the word for gift. We send out, um, I forget what the Hebrew name is for it, but on Purim, we send out gift baskets to the poor we send them out to our friends and family and it's uh, a derivative of the word matan it's like matanot and you basically send out gifts to everyone so there's that and it goes on to say when god gave the torah to the jewish people it's called matan torah it says matan torah took place 49 days after the jews left mitzrayim for 49 days, we prepared ourselves to be fit to be his people. And the first three stages and the first three steps of redemption, we were passive and undeserving. The fourth level we had to earn. The difference between the first three and fourth expressions is signified by the difference between matzah and wine. Lakute Seko, volume 26, page 44 FF. See also Givurot Hashem of the Maharal, chapter 60. Matzah is a food that has no taste. According to Halakha, matzah for Pesach Seder is simply by, made simply by mixing flour and water together. It's called Lechem Oni, poor man's bread. When the Jewish people were taken out of Mitzrayim, we were in a state of spiritual poverty undeserving of the redemption we were like matzah tasteless side note the chazal and all sorts of commentaries teach that the final redemption will be like the first redemption so we talk about how the generations have fallen and how there is so much spiritual darkness in the world how could we expect redemption, the coming of Mashiach, the building of the Beit HaMikdash? Well, the same way we could expect Moshe to show up to Mitzrayim and say, let's go to the mountain and worship Hashem. It's like, we are on the 49th level of impurity. I don't see how this could happen. It's like, yeah, let's go ahead and take some matzah and we'll go forth. And matzah and mitzvah are spelled the same, by the way. So it's in the merits of the mitzvah that we get to be brought out and redeemed and saved, even though we are not worthy. This is why anyone who does a mitzvah has to understand and grasp, myself included, because I have so belittled, and I, I confess, I have belittled the mitzvot. I've, I feel like you know, you try to do so much and you want to do so much. You want to strive. You want to be, 
you know, diligent and you want to do so many things. You want to advance and progress so quickly. But we forget when we wash our hands to say the Netilat Yadayim or before we take a bite of food, we say the blessing before we eat or when we dress Zanut modestly and we say the corresponding brakot for putting on a belt, putting on clothes, covering our head. Those things are beyond what we could ever know. We don't know the value of the mitzvahs or the mitzvot. We don't know the value of them. And the Midrash Rabbah for Parsha Devarim was talking about the reason why we were not allowed to fight or uh, irritate or provoke Edom is because of the mitzvot that Asav did, which was mainly honoring his mother and father. So because of that, Edom was allowed to not only be not attacked by Israel as we headed into the land, but it also says that the world has to be subdued through Edom until the final redemption. So I'm just going to let that stay right there because we know so much about Asav, but out of the mitzvah of honoring mother and father, his descendants are still alive today. They're still allowed to have dominion in the world until the final redemption. And how many thousands and hundreds and all that years ago did Asav exist with honoring Yitzhak and Rivka? That's the power of a mitzvah. It's really that deep. So whatever mitzvah that you have, whatever mitzvot that you have, may we right now be given a brand new understanding, a brand new gratitude for it, and may it be deepened and etched within our very hearts. King Yehiraton. Goes on to say, We were like matzah, tasteless, but over the next 49 days, we worked on ourselves. This was where we counted the Omer, by the way. That's the earning. The earning is refining yourself, taking dominion over your animal soul. So it's funny because we get accused as Jews of working for our salvation. But that could be further from the truth. And furthermore, the work that we're actually doing is working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And not only that, but taking dominion over our faculties and bringing them into submission to the king. You know, Shaul himself says, I buffet my body. You know, I beat it into submission. So I would like to read that source to put along with this because... This is a beautiful time to really understand the work that we do to bring in the fourth element of redemption. So stand by for source. 
That is going to come from the Agarite to Corinth, chapter 9, the key verse is verse 27, but we're going to read it in context. Starting at verse 24, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way as to take the prize. Everyone who competes in the game trains with strict discipline. There's, there's what we just talked about. Strict discipline. We worked on ourselves. It goes on to say, They do it for a crown that is perishable, but we do it for a crown that is imperishable. Therefore, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight like I am beating the air. No, I buffet, I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Agarit Rome, or Agarit Corinth, chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. We have to see ourselves as competing in a race, just like they used to do in sports before COVID-19 but apparently they're trying to do sports right now I don't know how that's working out but you know all right goes on to say we begin to comprehend and internalize what Judaism and Torah are all about we lifted ourselves up from the 49 levels of impurity to the 49 levels of understanding we acknowledge God once we became or once we began to understand what Judaism embodied, once we understood what it meant to become God's people, we became joyous. By the way, the word joy, simcha, rearranged is Mashiach. So there is no true joy other than Mashiach. It goes on to say it is this reason that we drink wine. For it says in Barakot 35a, there is no song without wine. We drink wine so that we can fully acknowledge our redemption from Mitzrayim and sing God's praises with great joy. That is Letters of Light teaching on the Dalit from the Gematria of Four. Sefer Otiyot brings down, Dalit is the door, Delit. Very few people know that they know about the Dalit. Even fewer people open it, for they are afraid to go inside. Dalit is also the fourth letter. And that is why there are four doors. The first door is Pur, which is Dal. It is the never... It is... The nevertheless proud door of a poor man's home. The second door was on our house long ago when we were slaves in Mitzrayim. And on the night when we, on, on the night when Hakadosh Baruch Hu brought us out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, <coughs> Mashiach Yeshua, goes on to say, Our fathers slaughtered the Egyptian lamb god and put the blood which is dam on the door which is delit as a sign it goes on to say 
and so everyone would know which God we intended to serve. There is no other door, or there is another door. It opens the holy ark in which the scrolls of the Torah are kept. Side note, the ark has a door. And yes, they're talking about the ark cover, the kippurit, which rearranges to parochit. And we know that the parochit is the body of Mashiach. And we know that Mashiach is the door. And we know that no man enters to the Father except through the Son. And Mashiach says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when we have a Dalit, what's on the doorpost? Oh yeah, it's a little thing called a mezuzah. The the Torah in Ant-Man form. Shrunk down, placed on the door, stamped with a sheen. What does that sheen stand for? It stands for Shaddai. And not only does it stand for Shaddai, but it also stands for Memtet, because Memtet and Shaddai are equal in Gematria. So when we're talking about God Almighty, we are talking about Memtet, the one who leads us to the throne of Hashem, the one who is the teacher of the way. And what's inside the mezuzah? The Shema. What is the Shema? It is the greatest of all the commandments and it includes all commandments. It is the equivalent of the 613. So, there is another door that opens the Holy Ark with the scrolls or which in which the scrolls of the Torah are kept. Above it is written Dal or Da Lifne Meata Omed which is no before whom you stand. Da is no, which if you rearrange is aid, which is witness. And it says, know that when you stand before the Dalit, the door, you also stand before the judge, Dayan. When you stand before the Dalit, the door, when you stand before Mashiach, stand before Memtet, stand before the word of God, you're standing in front of the judge. The one who sees into your heart. The one who judges the judges of flesh and blood. Now. That's crazy. On a whole nother level. Because Mashiach himself says. I'm not, I'm not the one who judges. It's actually Hashem. But the word. And our very actions are going to judge us. And just understanding Hashem Echad. Is just so crucial with that you know we were in a discussion today with a few avengers and we were talking about the splitting of the sea that moshe was told to split the sea but yet it was the bones of yosef that split the sea it was yosef's merit that split the sea it was hashem showing up that split the sea it was nakshon the prince of tribe yehuda who ran into the sea and the water got up to his nostrils and the water was like, oh yeah, sorry, I can't drown the king of Israel. And it was Memtet who split the sea because he descended from the top of the ark cover to come down as a pillar and part the waters. So, oh, and the, and the other one was 
Abraham's merit split the sea because of the word used for splitting the wood for the Akedah. So in the merit of Akedah, in the merit of the father who offered his only begotten son, the sea split. So you put that all together and what do you get? HaKadosh Baruchu is Hashem Echad. Okay. It goes on to say the final door is binding yourself to God. Okay, we got four doors. It's a coupe over here. Not a coupe. It's a uh, sedan. So we got a four-door sedan going on. We got the... Go back. Let's review the footage. We got the door that few people enter, few people know about. And then uh, we got the door of the poor. Then we got the door of the ark. Or sleek out of the door of the poor is the first one. The door that we put the blood on the doorpost on in the train. The door that we put or the door that leads to the inside of the ark and now we got the door of binding ourselves to hakadosh baruku which is the word devekut by the way parshavet kanan is this week and we have in there the passage that says you who cleave to hashem you are all alive today and that word for cleave is the word that is related to Devekut. Goes on to say, so that he is never absent from your life, never, not even for a moment. There is only holiness. That is why doors are such mysterious things. Perhaps that is also why many people are afraid to open the door of the Dalit, Devekut. And isn't it interesting that Mashiach Yeshua is called the arm of Hashem and we are not able to be plucked out of his hands. There is a grasp that Mashiach has on us. Should we allow it and should we receive that and submit to that? And that keeps us firmly established and attached with Hashem. Can you hear that song, Hakadosh Baruchu? May it be your will that our words merit on high, that the Dalit be established into creation, and that the light of the letter of Dalit will be imbued into the building of the Beit Hamikdash, unto the revealing of the Beit Hamikdash, the coming of Mashiach, and the final Geula being revealed to the whole entire world. May it be so, Adonai, that the Dalit is actualized and made manifest in all of the worlds and all of reality. And may we each embody the letter Dalit as we say Baruch Haba B'Shem Adonai.